This is the ATM at the Minute Podcast, episode number 70. I am Peter Mitchell here with my boy, Jackson Stover. Jackson, how are you? I cannot complain, my friend. Cannot complain. Just recorded our videos for the week. I think we had some good stuff. I'm excited to get those out and see what people think. For sure. Absolutely. Today, we got a good show for you guys. We're going to run through the latest in the NBA a lot of news is trickling out because basketball is, what is it, 10, nine days away from now. Nine so days away. That is amazing. Uh, so we're going to run through the news. Then we're going to hit a segment of NBA cap or no cap, bringing that amazing segment back. <laughs> oh, yeah. And then we're going to wrap it up with the AFC North preview. We're going to be through all the AFC teams. And I guess over the next month, we're going to get through the NFC. So Yes, sir. A lot of sports to talk about. Let's get right into it, Jackson. Zero positive tests in the NBA bubble. The media is full of a bunch of awful speculators. Thank goodness they aren't in government uh, because (laughs) they just don't know what they're talking about. And they were negative this whole time. And sure enough, the bubble worked and we're going to have basketball. It sure looks like it. Zero positive tests out of 300 plus people. That means the NBA is doing it right. The memes and everything for people getting Postmates and getting quarantined and not being allowed to stand within six feet playing ping pong, all the stuff that people said was ridiculous and pointed fingers at the NBA, well, it's working. So there are no complaints from any of us fans and all of those people that have been bashing Adam Silver, bashing the bubble, saying it's stupid, it's not going to work. Eat your words because we're about to have some basketball and the bubble's working, baby. Yeah, it's honestly like people are rooting against fun. They're rooting against positive news at this point. It's hard to get on Twitter and see positive news at this point. And so this is a win for all of us who are part of that PVO live positive vibes only. (laughs) So I'm very excited about this. Scrimmages start tomorrow. Let's just run through some of the games while we're at it. The Magic and Clippers on, if you're listening to this Wednesday morning, they're on at 2 p.m. And then Pelicans, Nets, I don't think Zion's going to be back for that at 6 o'clock. No, you want to run through some of these Thursday, Friday games? Yeah, Thursday, we got Blazers and Pacers at 2.30, and then Mavs and Lakers at 6. Not sure what the Mavs and Lakers scrimmage lineups are going to look like, but that one might be worth tuning into. And then on Friday, we got Celtics versus uh thunder at four so all you thunder fans make sure we're getting a look at that and then rockets versus raptors at 6 30 so i know i can personally say i'll be tuned into all of these they're going to be on tv so might as well watch i've been starved of basketball long enough but nothing too crazy here just some scrimmages to get them back in shape get them playing against real competition that's not their own teammates Mm -hmm. all those are on nba tv all of those times were central time that's where our demographic is (laughs) Um, so if you're working from home, you can catch some of these early afternoon games in other news though, bull bull is on video scrimmaging with the Denver nuggets. Yes. And I hoped that the nuggets were going to be one of the televised games. It does not, or televised scrimmages probably will be at the weekend. Okay. That's fair. I guess we don't have all of the TV listings right now, but bull bull is apparently causing some waves and everyone is surprised at how great he looks and 
the rumors are, word on the street is, Bull Bull is going to be playing in these scrimmages and might even get some minutes in the first couple of their eight regular season games remaining, whatever we want to call them. But (laughs) I'm excited to see this Denver team because you've got the skinny Jokic. We finally get to see Bull Bull. And we might see an unleashed Michael Porter Jr. as well. So a lot to watch with the Nuggets. That's going to be exciting. Yeah. No, I would just want to see what Bol Bol looks like. I think he's going to play, especially if they lock in that three seed and they can roll him out there. Uh, they say Michael Porter Jr. hasn't been there from the start, and that kind of hurt his chances. At Right. I think you know, he might still even be finishing up quarantine and not actually in the bubble yet. Regardless, I really want to see him play, see him get unleashed. So I am rooting for them to lock up that three seed so we can kind of let these guys run. Yeah, I agree. And who knows? Maybe Mike Malone and Denver kind of got a plan up their sleeve and they're going to yeah. unleash Michael Porter Jr. and I mean, Bull Bull. And point just, center Jokic, too. Yeah, <laughs> this team could look a whole lot different. There's no telling. They're exciting. Uh, a couple other teams that I'm watching obviously the thunder, but specifically because of Andre Roberson, I'm incredibly intrigued to see if he's going to be playing in scrimmages and maybe even actually playing in the playoffs. I don't know what's going on there. Do you have any insider new news on that? Yeah. The thunder beat is saying, um, he's the smartest defender. I think it was Shea said he's the smartest defender he's ever been around. And then Lou Dort said his chopper's looking nice. The jumper's <laughs> falling. Whatever that means, we'll take it. Can't get yeah. the hopes up too high, but it's positive news. Definitely. I also saw some buzz around Shay. Not sure who this quote came from, but apparently Shay has made some leaps over quarantine and the Thunder have been doing inter-squad scrimmages and people are just ranting and raving about how good Shay looks. And they said that the game has slowed down for him even more so and the way he's reading the floor is just incredible. So excited for the Thunder and also excited to see the Pacers because apparently Oladipo might be playing now, at least in the scrimmages. And he came out and originally said, stick into the rehab process. You know, I want to be on schedule for next year. I don't want to mess anything up, face any setbacks. Well, he's changing his mind because I guess he feels great and is now considering playing in the playoffs. So I'm excited for that also. Yeah, that one kind of confused me because he came back, played a handful of games with Indiana. He's Mm -hmm. had this huge layoff to continue rehab. And I, I guess it's just the soft tissue injury concerns, but... I don't see why he couldn't have been working his tail off and just continuing to build that quad muscle back up. So I think he saw kind of how good the guys looked in practice and everything. It's like, I'm about to forfeit $3 million and I feel really good. (laughs) Why am I just going to sit here on the sidelines? Like, why am I here in Orlando to begin with? So yeah, they're going to be intriguing. I don't know how much of the decision came from him. I don't know how much came from coaching you know Nate McMillan I don't know if it was coming from Pritchard top down saying hey man we need you next year let's not take any chances on you facing a setback at some point in these games I don't know if that was it I have no idea he wouldn't be playing yeah I, I don't know what's going on maybe he talked him off the ledge and said hey guys I feel amazing I look amazing come on let's let's test this out and see what we got there's no telling but regardless I hope the guy is out there playing And one other notable bubble news 
slash <laughs> departure, I guess. Montrez Harrell has left the bubble for a family emergency. No telling when he'll be back, which could be a decent blow to the Clippers. We're going to go a little bit more in depth on the Clippers in a minute, but just one worth noting because this could definitely mess up some of their rotations. Yeah, so hope he's there. And then we got a couple things before we get to cap or no cap. Kevin Garnett and a group of Mm -hmm. investors are looking to buy the Wolves from Glenn Taylor. Now, KG has come out publicly and roasted Glenn Taylor as an owner. So I think he's very motivated to get some kind of deal done. Uh, I I think he could actually make this team competitive. I mean, they haven't done anything since KG was there. Right. Russell, Cat, we'll we'll see if that's gonna ever gonna work out. I'm really hoping that he gets into the box uh, as an I owner, just got a but... notification. Apparently the Vikings are also making a play, the Vikings ownership group to buy the Timberwolves. Oh so wow. it's heating up. Yeah. Very interesting stuff. Uh sorry to cut you off. That just popped up on my phone and I had to mention no. it. Um one other thing on KG. He has come out and said he is buying the team potentially or trying to to keep them in Minnesota. He said he doesn't yeah. want oh. somebody else to come in and move the team. Taylor said it's a requirement that they stay there. So I think. Oh, OK. I hadn't yeah. seen that. Good deal. Good deal. And the last one, our Tulsa boy, Shake mm-hmm. Milton, stepping into the starting lineup for the sexy Philadelphia 76ers. A lot of analysts have them as their irresistible team they can't get away from they're so excited to see how they look when the nba comes back and with shake milton in the starting lineup ben simmons sliding over to the four this team is going to look a little bit different and i'm very excited to see how it plays out because shake can spread the floor be a secondary ball handler with ben and they're going to have a little different look and i think he adds something that they've needed all season long without jj and jimmy butler Yeah, I completely agree. And they made a couple small moves toward the trade deadline shortly before things got shut down. And they picked up a couple role players, Glenn Robinson, the third Alec Burks, some shooting that they need, but they don't have a shot like shake. And so I think it's going to be interesting because from three this year, right? There are a lot of guards that are at their best and most effective when they have the ball in their hands. You could make the argument that Shake is at his best when he's spotting up shooting. So he can run the point and he can guard other ones, but you also get to have Ben Simmons still handling the ball out there and Shake spotting up, stretching the floor a little bit more. So Brett Brown might actually be onto something here. I think he's going to have a little coming out party as well as a few other guys like Lonnie Walker with the Spurs. But Mm -hmm. with Ben playing the four he can get rebounds he's amazing at that immediately push the ball down the floor or shake could spot up they're gonna be exciting i can't wait to see what this looks like yep i'm with you they might be worth sprinkling a little bit of dough here or there on their western or excuse me their eastern conference odds yes ah little uziavert just announced he is now running for president got that notification wow we're just having ourselves a night here (laughs) 
Lil Uzi Vert for president. Let's go. All right, on that note, let's get to some cap or no cap here. Real quick, before we get to cap or no cap, do not forget to check out this week's batch of ATM roulette videos. We are putting 10 topics up on a wheel, spinning the wheel, and then whatever it lands on, we are talking about it, and whatever's left at the end, we throw it into a classic hot minute. We're posting these videos on YouTube, Twitter, Instagram. Check it out at FanFuel Sports. And now, cap or no cap. So it's been a while since we've done cap or no cap. I think you guys know how it works. You either agree with it, you say no cap, or you think it's a total lie, you say cap. It's that simple. Yep. So you're either capping or you're not. Yeah, Jackson, let's go. First one, at plus 300, the Pelicans to win the eight seed is good value. Cap or no cap? Absolutely no cap. That's not good value. That's great value. That's call your friends, call your family, call your broker. You're hammering this. I mean, this is the best prop bet I have seen for the entire postseason by far. And yes, we know Zion has had the leg cramps. We know that he had to break the bubble. And so he's probably got nine or 10 days before he's back in the mix. But that's not a reason to be concerned. And let me tell you why. First of all, Pelicans were 7-0 and combined against Portland, Sacramento, and Memphis this year. That's a pretty impressive number because those are really... Sacramento. Mm-hmm. And Marvin Bagley III was just ruled out for the postseason. And so that Sacramento team is not going to be at full health or full strength. And you've got the same thing with San Antonio. No LaMarcus Aldridge. No Kelly Oubre for Phoenix. I mean, these are some banged-up teams. Portland's missing Trevor Ariza. I know they're also getting Nurkic and Zach Collins back potentially. It's like starting mellow is a minus for them. Yeah, honestly. (laughs) And there's just a lot of movement going on right now. And sure, Zion might miss a couple games, but this Pelicans team has everyone else there ready to go. And they figured it out at one point during the season because they started six and 22 and then finished 22 and 14. And their record the last half of the year was actually better without Zion. And granted, I know you got the Zion minutes restriction and so many things that really kind of alter that record and not make it totally true. But 22 and 14 over the second half, this team figured something out. And when I'm looking at them, I am evaluating them as that 22 and 14 team and not the team that was 6 and 22 over the first half of the year. So with veteran leaders like J.J. Redick there and Drew Holiday, this team is poised to not only get the eight seed, but give the Lakers a little trouble in their first round matchup. And I think they're going to have no issue being within four games of Memphis. And I think they're going to have no issue beating Memphis back-to-back games because they're going to have Zion back for those two. Yeah, we know that Zion isn't a great defender just yet, but their team defense actually got a lot better with Zion on the floor. And I think that's because they found a new sense of confidence that they didn't have prior to having him on the floor. So that's really big. They also started getting to the line a ton more with Zion, thanks to him, I mean, mostly. And then they're also scoring a ton of points in the paint and shooting threes. They're not taking mid-range jumpers. They're playing a free-flowing game with Lonzo, Zion in there, JJ moving around the floor. They're just a completely different team, yeah. 
So I'm with you plus 300. I look at Portland at plus 400. If I were betting on these teams, I would probably sprinkle on both of those teams and not touch Memphis. Either way, I'm coming out a winner. I think you can't go wrong there. And I even one last thing. I'd even fade Memphis at the eight seed. It's around plus 150 for them not to get it. I'd hammer that too, because I really do think one of these other teams are good enough to challenge them and take that spot. Yeah, I mean, all they have to do is keep pace with Memphis to mm-hmm. for, for one of those teams to get a play-in. And I'm going to take Dame, who was in the Western Conference Finals last year, to beat Memphis in a play-in over Jaw, who's had an amazing rookie season. But I, I, just, I just think they're going to get it done with the experience they have. And then that Pelicans roster is just too talented. I mean... Memphis is asking Dylan Brooks to do way more than he should be doing. They're just not nearly as talented as New Orleans. So I'd sprinkle on both of them. I agree. No cap. All right. I like it. One final thing here, if you just need any more reassurance, the teams that the Pelicans are playing here are the Clippers. That is their only tough game. Then they've got the Jazz who are beat up. They've got the Grizzlies who they need to beat. Then they've also got the Kings twice who they're undefeated against regular season, now missing Marvin Bagley. That should be at least one win, if not two. And then you've got the Wizards and Magic, should be two wins. And then you've also got the Spurs without LaMarcus Aldridge. So their schedule could not be any easier. This is just the obvious choice right now. Cake, absolutely. Okay, on to number two here. Peter, this one is for you. Cap or no cap, the next super team is being formed right now in the bubble. 100% 100% no cap. Ooh, okay. There is just no way these guys can be quarantined for three months and not build new relationships that they would have had an opportunity to do elsewhere. If you look at the history of how these guys work, LeBron, Bosch, and Wade all became buddies at the 08 Olympics in Beijing. Kevin Durant and Kyrie, they became buddies through DeAndre USA. Jordan, too. Yeah, they became buddies through USA Basketball as well. That's how this happens. And so if you have all these guys in the same area, especially with how connected everyone is on social media, you see so-and-so playing 2K or Fortnite or Warzone, you hit them up, and then you start playing Xbox with them over the next two months. That's how I'm close with most of my high school friends to begin with. You talk to each other nearly every single night. These guys can't have girls. Their family you get can your come. group text going. Yeah, they can have family later on, but for now, they're doing nothing but hanging out with each other, you know, playing video games, whatever it is. So 100%, I think there's a new super team in the making. Donovan Mitchell, Devin Booker, these types Stop of guys. It. Stop they're it. Leave, leave Booker out of it. Unless they're, they're all coming to Phoenix, baby. But uh, I couldn't agree more. I was watching Around the Horn today. Just for a little nostalgia, you know, used to be the goaded show. And Jackie huh. Mack, who's just awesome, Jackie McMullen, if you don't know who that is, go check her out. She's probably one of the most plugged in NBA sources I know. And she said that without a doubt, whether their intention or whether their intention is to form a super team or not, one is being formed right now. And she said in 2016 at the Olympics, DeAndre Jordan, Kyrie Irving, and Kevin Durant were all on a boat together, just them three. And that is when the plan was hatched and it's been built on since then. And so I think it's definitely going to happen. It kind of depends on who's staying in what hotel because, you know, yeah. you can't 
go to the hotel across the street and hang out with some consolidate other guys as they get further in the playoffs as well. Yeah, it's going to be interesting to see how that plays into it, but I definitely think it's happening. There's just no way it doesn't with how easy it is to just kind of hang out and talk about that stuff. I mean, Jackie Mack was saying Pat Riley's probably had the conversation with Jimmy Butler already. You follow Giannis oh, yeah. wherever he goes. If Giannis wants to go fishing, you're the best fi- or best fisherman there. You take him out wherever he wants to go. If he wants to play ping pong, you kick his ass in ping pong or maybe even let him win. And you just stay glued to that guy's hip and make him your new best friend. And then all of a sudden, Giannis is playing for the heat. I mean, it's possible. I hope that on these multiple court setups where you can see other teams practicing, guys are seeing Shea balling out like the sources say he is they're like mm-hmm. man i would really like to play with that guy so yeah. i he i hope he's doing his recruiting telling young studs that hey my boy sam pressy's got picks in his bag ready to help go get you to come join me in okc i'm telling you there is a team in the making we're going to hear about three four years that's going to go in a ring because of this bubble 100 percent. i hope so man i would love to see it I would love to see Chris Paul get to work and bring him on OKC. I know we'd have to get a little salary renegotiations going for that one, but I'm sure Chris Paul's trying his best because that man's always got something up his sleeve. Yep. All right. Final one. Yes, sir. Without Avery Bradley and Rondo, are the Lakers still title favorites? Cap or no cap? I'm going to say that's cap. According to Vegas, they're still title favorites. But we all know I've been big on the Clippers all year. I think they're way too deep. They're way too well coached. And just the chemistry and mix of personalities that they have there is way too good not to get it done. I know Montrez Harrell left the bubble. He's going to miss some time. But I'm telling you, they picked up one of the Morris twins. I know the Lakers got the other. Yeah, thank you for that because I struggle so bad. I struggle so bad to keep them apart. But you've also just got a ridiculous amount of depth and so many different rotations that you can throw at teams. I don't think this is going to be a major issue for them. There's actually been a lot of talks that Montrez Harrell hurts them by some analytics. I know when you watch them play. Yeah. I've heard a lot of people say they're better without him and they need to let him walk in free agency. A lot of analytics point to it and think they're better with him off the floor. Yeah. He's gone. He's not staying with the Clippers, but regardless, I trust doc rivers. I trust Kawhi. I think this has given PG a chance to get his shoulders right and get hopefully healthy for the first time in two years, it seems like. And I'm all in on the Clippers, man. I just think this team is way too talented and way too selfless to lose. Hammering the Clippers at plus 333. I'm not going to say the Lakers aren't favorites. I think there's two favorites. Yeah. Them and the Lakers. The Lakers are a plus 240. And with LeBron and AD, you're just you're being ignorant if you ruled them out. Oh, it's it, a two horse race. I'm not ruling yeah. them out. But if it's up to me, who am I picking? I'm picking the Clippers any day of the week. In a seven game series, I just think the Clippers are too good defensively, too talented, top too to well coached, and too deep. Yeah, I, I think the Lakers are a little bit top heavy, and I know they've got eighty million decent coaches on the bench, but it's different when you've got a guy like Doc there. It's got a ring on his finger that's been doing it forever. And it's Doc Rivers, man. I trust him. Yeah, I'm eager to see how AD fares on a team this good in the playoffs. I mean, 
he's going to be the reason that they win, I think. I think we know what LeBron's going to do. He's probably going to play 42-plus minutes. This is the least amount of minutes he's ever played in a season. And, and he didn't make the playoffs last, the last year. Shot. I mean, we'll see what's going on there. But AD will be there to Ray Allen it, possibly. Yeah, with the wings they that the Clippers have, Paul, Kawhi, Marcus Morris, they can throw all those guys at LeBron, make him work all night long. Someone's going to have to step up. AD's probably going to get his, but it can't just be two guys. So I'm with you. I'm taking the Clippers right now, but can't rule the Lakers out. Okay, a couple matchup questions here before we move it along. Who guards AD now that Montrez Harrell is possibly not going to be there? Because he was really the main guy who is going to be playing a lot of minutes at the four and on AD. Do you put Zubak on him now? Do you put Jamichael on Green him? actually matched up pretty well with him? You okay. did not see that answer coming, but Jamichael like Green matched up well. They did sign former Defensive Player of the Year, Joakim Noah, as well. They could throw him yeah. out there. We'll see what okay. happens. We'll see okay. what happens. For the Lakers with the loss of Avery Bradley now, who are they going to be putting on Kawhi and PG? Obviously, LeBron guards one, but who the heck do you throw at the other? I mean, Danny definitely is going to be covering uh, one yeah. of those guys. Good point. Other than that, I mean, KCP, I don't know. Kuzma? You throw Keith at him, maybe. Yeah, Markeith will probably get matched up with one of those guys for sure. I don't see They'll probably Kuzma. mix it up a lot. Yeah. They're no, going to hide in Kuzma on someone. You're hiding Kuzma on Zubak or someone. AD could switch on to one of those guys too. So that is true. That's a good point. That matchup's just going to be so much fun in the Western Conference Finals. Like, we don't even need to pretend there's a chance it doesn't happen. Like, we are already looking directly ahead to the Western Conference Finals. Any sleepers you got in there? Anybody worth noting that is outside of the Lakers, Bucks, and Clippers? And I know we're just completely disregarding the Bucks right now, but everyone knows how we both They got to get over them. the hump. We yep. just we just have to see it. I'm not going to pick them until we do. I'm going right. to say Toronto at twenty two to one, and Philly okay. at twenty eight to one. I don't know how like the Philly. odds are that good on either one of those teams, but it's definitely Vegas is in love with Milwaukee. I mean, Vegas is absolutely in love with Milwaukee to come out of the East, and I, I just think they're just trying it. to get people to bet on them. You think so? Like kind of reverse do, psychology. Man. Vegas, they need to make money. Yeah, I guess so. That's fair. But I just don't get how a team that's never even come out of the East and has never posed a real threat in the playoffs can be this big of a favorite just based off regular season wins. But it is what it is. That is why we will fade the Bucks and hopefully make some money this postseason. There we go. Up next, we have got our AFC North preview. But before we get there, I am here to let you know, Thursday night, I am dropping an NBA playoffs preview article. It's going to have everything from who's going to get the eight seed, who's going to win finals MVP, who's coming out of each conference, everything you could imagine. Check it out. And now, the AFC North. All right, let's switch it over to some football. Okay, we have got the AFC North. This is our last division in the AFC to hit here. We have got the Ravens projected for 11 and a half wins. We've got the Steelers at nine and a half wins, Browns at eight wins, and the Cincinnati Joe Burrow Bengals at five and a half wins. 
Start us off with your rankings here, Peter. How do you have these four teams finish in an order? Chalk. How about you? Uh, I've got something a little different here. Let's hear it. I've got Pittsburgh at one. Okay. I've got Baltimore at two, Cleveland at three, and obviously Cincinnati at four. I was going to assault you through the phone if you had the Browns above the Ravens. No, that's too bold. <laughs> okay. I, would, I would love to do that, but that's just asinine. All right. So you have Steelers at one. I do. Okay. Let's hear why. Nine and a half wins. They went eight and eight last season. Right. So they go eight and eight with probably worst quarterback play in the NFL. I mean, I think I'd probably take Josh Rosen over Duck Hodges and Mason Rudolph <laughs> from what we saw last year. And I mean, that's not a joke. That's not trying to be dramatic. Like they were both absolutely pitiful. And Pittsburgh still managed to have a top five defense in the league by pretty much every metric you look at. They gave up 300 total yards a game, under 200 yards passing, which is hard to do, and only 19 points a game. And you got to keep in mind, the defense was this good while having arguably the worst offense in the league that constantly went three and out and turned the ball over and essentially left the defense out to dry and left them on the field way too long. You put a competent defense back out there or competent offense out there, and then all of the sudden the defense is not on the field as often. They're way more fresh when they come out onto the field, and they're only giving up 250 yards a game and 15 points and some ridiculous numbers if they're able to play as good as they did last year with an even okay offense. And also the way I look at it, you get Big Ben back out there combined with this defense, which is probably the best defense that they have had since the peak of Troy Polamalu and James Harrison yeah. and all those guys. Right. This is the first really good defense they've had in half a decade or so. And now you're going to put Big Ben back out there who should be healthy. He had almost two years to rest, essentially. And Everything he's got some weapons out there around him, too. Yes. And he's got a lot to prove also. There's a lot of people who have written him off and said he might as well retire. And Big Ben is going to come out there with a chip on his shoulder. And that offense is going to be looking darn good. And there's just no way they don't pick up two more wins than last season. I've got them going 11 and 5. And I think, worst case scenario, they have 10 wins. Yeah. I'm going over nine and a half wins for Pittsburgh as well. Hey. 2018, Big Ben threw a threw for a career high over 5,000 passing yards. <laughs> 5,000 freaking still, yards. He's still got it, and the weapons around him are awesome. They're they're awesome. Juju's going to have a major bounce back year. Deontay Johnson is a fantasy sleeper. Snatch him up. James Washington had a much better year last year than his first, and then they bring in Eric Ebron coming off of a season a couple years ago where he caught 13 touchdowns. I know Ben's going to look for him in the red zone. And they mm-hmm. took Chase Claypool from Notre Dame. He is right. a With their freak first pick. athlete. Freak athlete. 6'4", about 4'4 speed. Watch out for him. I love what they've got. James Connors healthy as well. And, I mean, you hit the defense. TJ Watt on the defensive end, rushing the ball. Cam Hayward's the all-pro guy up the middle. Losing Javon Hargrave to Philly does hurt a little bit. He's going to be sitting there next to Fletcher Cox. It scares me as a Dallas fan, but <laughs> I'm taking Pittsburgh all the way, man. Mike Tomlin is a great coach. 
Yep, I completely agree. And not to say the Ravens aren't going to be good, not to say I don't like the moves they've made, and not to say Lamar will still be awesome and Harbaugh's still going to be good, but I just think this division gets a lot tougher with Pittsburgh being back to winning Pittsburgh and Cleveland's also going to also going to be better, right? And you've also got the Bengals who are surely going to be better than they've been the last couple of years. So I'm kind of moving on to the Ravens here. And at 11 and a half, I'm taking the under just because 12 wins is way too many with how good this division is going to be. And I've kind of been spitballing my Lamar theories here and there. I think he's going to be kept in the pocket a little bit more and he's going to be not quite as effective. Still going to be good. We're not going to see an RG3 type shift between his rookie year and second year or anything like no. that. And I know it, it wasn't his rookie year, but his first full season. And I just see a little bit of natural regression. I mean, it's impossible to put up the MVP numbers he put up last year again. And you've also got a ton of film on him now that other teams can look at. And like I've said before, the Titans kind of laid out a little bit of a blueprint on how to slow him down and stop that offense. So I think the Ravens are going to struggle a little bit. Are they still going to win at least nine games? Yes, but I see them finishing probably around 10 wins, 11 at best is what I'm giving them this year. I disagree with a lot of what you think about Lamar Jackson. I think after an MVP season, he's still improving as a passer. So he's going to throw for more yards than he did a season ago. I do agree that they're going to protect him a little bit more in the pocket, make Mm -hmm. sure he doesn't get hurt. And I mean, that's where he was at his best as a passer, right in the middle of the pocket. So Yeah, he was at his best there, but also because you have to worry about him getting outside of the pocket and the threat that he poses. If he does leave the pocket, you have got to really give him a cushion in the pocket and make him beat you there. Yeah, but I don't know. They surrounded him with even more weapons this year. Hollywood Brown and Mark Andrews were banged up a lot of last season. They're going to be fully healthy. Like I said, Devin DuVernay and James Prochet were two of the top receivers in college football production-wise. They're coming in there as well. And then in the backfield, they bring in J.K. Dobbins as well. They've just done everything they can to surround him with guys. And yes, the schedule is tough, so I'm a little skeptical to pick 12 wins, but they're not going to regress that much. They're going to be damn good yet again. One other point that I forgot to make, and this is one of the biggest concerns for me also. You lose Marshall Yonda on your line, who has really been your anchor. I mean, he is your Pro Bowl offensive lineman who is keeping Lamar upright. I'm a little worried now that he's gone. They still have a solid line. It's not going to be a drastic, huge yeah, difference I mean, they, in the line. It's one their, player. Break the record for rush yards in a season last year. <laughs> yeah, but I'm saying it might not be quite as easy to ground and pound this year losing Yonda. I don't know if that will ever even be something that comes to fruition and people are saying, oh, losing Marshall Yonda really hurt. It might be a seamless transition and the running game is great regardless. But I think it's something to look out for and I just don't see them getting 12 wins in this division. But we can agree to disagree for now and we will see what happens with the Baltimore Ravens. Yeah, I mean, their schedule is really tough. So we'll see. All right, let's move on to the Browns here. Projected to win eight wins after a way overhyped season last year. They went six and 10 after everyone crowned them as playoff contenders. 
What do you got on him? Over, under, stay away. I've got to take the over. Oh. I know. I know. I knew that was going to be your reaction, but hear me out on this. I think worst case scenario, they go eight and eight and they push. They won six games last year. And at times throughout the year, it looked like it literally could not be any worse. You get rid of Freddie Kitchens. Okay. That was the biggest problem. You now have a real coach. You're going to have a real offense. You're going to get way more out of Odell and actually utilize a top five wide receiver in the NFL that's on your offense. I mean, you're, you're going to get him at least a hundred catches this year. And you also add a bunch of weapons. I mean, you beef up your line. We've talked about that a lot. You bring in Austin Hooper, and then you've also got Kareem Hunt back for the full season versus just eight games. So running back, incredibly solid. Offensive line, darn good. Wide receivers, awesome. Baker is the one big question mark, but I think getting rid of Freddie Kitchens is going to make Baker exponentially better. He hasn't made any ridiculous headlines in the last few weeks since he said he was going to shut up and focus on football. It seems like he's sounds actually like he done is. that. Yeah, it sounds like he is. So I am buying the Cleveland Browns until Baker Mayfield opens his mouth again. Just kidding. I'm buying him regardless. But I think nine wins is really where I'm at on Cleveland. If they somehow get to 10, it's going to be a hell of a season. But the biggest reason why I'm so confident in them, you look at their schedule. And their non-division schedule might be one of the weakest I have ever seen. You've got the Redskins with their first game. All right. That's a dub. They're beating the Redskins. Second game, Cowboys. That's a little tougher. All right. Then you've got the Colts. Kind of tough game, but that's probably the toughest on their schedule. And then you've got the Raiders. All right. Got the Texans. Those aren't for sure wins, but neither of them are for sure losses. They're winnable. All winnable. You've got the Eagles. I take it back. That's probably the toughest one. You know oh, how I feel God. about the Eagles. They're going to be good. And then you've got Jacksonville. That's a dub. You've got the Titans, which is another tough game. Really, the Titans and the Eagles are the two that they'll probably lose. And then you finish with the Giants and the Jets. I mean, you look at that. It's like Redskins, Redskins, sure. Giants, Jets, Jags. That is four dubs if you ask me and then you get a couple conference games or excuse me a couple division games and then you maybe get an upset against the cowboys or eagles or i don't even think they'd be an underdog against the raiders so yeah there's a lot of winnable games on that schedule and i think they're going to lose to the ravens at least once they'll lose to the steelers at least once and everything else is fair game i mean this team really could win nine or ten i don't think that it's too ridiculous to say that it seems ridiculous after last year, but I'm buying the Cleveland Browns, just not buying too many shares. Okay. I want to be optimistic, but I'm going under. And let me pre- let me also qualify that by saying, I think Kevin Stefanski has a chance to stick in Cleveland. I just yeah. don't I just don't think he's gonna be that great in year one in a virtual offseason. I mean, okay. this place needs so much tuning up to really get over the hump. When was the last time we've seen them good make the playoffs? I think it was 2001. So I'm not ready to say they're ready. I mean, maybe with seven teams going to the playoffs, they have a chance to do that. But I'm going under here, man. I just don't think their defense is going to get that much better from a year ago. And part of the reason they weren't that great is because of Baker. I will say that. A whole lot of interceptions. 
I mean, offensively, they should be cleaned up. They got Wills and Jack Conklin on the offensive line. You mentioned the running backs and Stefanski. What he did with Dalvin Cook last year was incredible. I was not a believer in him, and he made him one of the best backs in the league. So I think they've done a lot to help out Baker. But like like I said, I just need to see it. They're kind of like the Milwaukee Bucks, man. They need to get over the hump to prove it to me. And Baker hasn't looked that great yet in his NFL career. So I got to see it. I'm going with the under. All right. I mean, Baker looked much better. I will say seven wins, though. Seven wins. All right. All right. You're going to be eating your words here on this one. But I I think we're going to see more of the year one Baker than we did the year two Baker. And I am really convinced that a lot of what we saw last year was really just due to Freddie Kitchens. But yeah, we'll see how Baker looks. He's really the key for them, in my opinion. If he can manage the game well and even play more of like an Alex Smith role and just throw the ball away when he needs to. Yeah, just manage (laughs) the game and be decent. You know, you're not going to have, you've got the weapons around you that you're not going to have to do it yourself. You know, check the ball down when that's the play that's called, hand it off when you need to hand it off and freaking get the ball to Odell and you're going to be okay. Yeah. He definitely felt like he had to do it all himself last season. And right. That shouldn't be the case this year. I think he's growing up a little bit. So we'll see. I hope they prove me wrong. The reason I'm skeptical is just because of that. I think Baltimore and Pittsburgh are going to be really good. It's really that simple. Yeah, that's fair. You can't take the over on all of them. So someone's got to lose some games. And speaking of losing games, the Cincinnati (laughs) Bengals are the team in this division that is expected to do just that projected for more wins than last year, at least, but only five and a half. I am staying the heck away from this because I think they're going to be better, but I have no idea how much better Joe Burrow will make them. I think having AJ Greenback is going to help the offense a lot, but staying away, I don't have a ton on the Bengals here. What have you got? Man, I want to take the over, but staying away is probably the right idea. Yeah. I have enough respect for Joe Burrow that I'm not going to say like smash the under, under though. This guy was learning the playbook before even being drafted by Cincinnati. And what I've heard about Zach Taylor is that he's going to let Joe Burrow run some of that LSU offense that he was so comfortable with last season. I think that sounds like a good idea, not only for Joe Burrow to have an easy transition, but for Zach Taylor to keep his job. So, (laughs) I mean, I believe in Burrow and the weapons around him. I mean, this receiving core is loaded. AJ Green, it's pretty solid. Tyler Boyd, Auden Tate was even kind of good last year. Then you bring in T. Higgins, and then you got this all OU running back room and Mixon, P. Ryan, and Rodney Anderson. Hey, there's some talent on this roster. He is walking into a pretty darn good offense. Maybe the best offense I've ever seen a number one pick quarterback walk into. So it's not like this team is building the offense from scratch around him. Yeah, it's been a while. I mean, better than all of the other. I mean, better than Baker, better than Andrew Luck, better than everyone else in between. Like, I I can't think of a better situation. Like, they really do have a chance to win six or seven games. I just don't feel confident enough to take the over here. But I'm excited to see what Joe Burrow can do. And I think, like you were saying, if Zach Taylor really wants to keep his job, he's going to let Joe Burrow run the offense more so than – 
Emmer, the OC, are going to be doing. Right. They're really going to give this guy a lot of authority in this offense. And I think he's really got a chance to mesh with the Cincinnati group. And I could see Joe Burrow having kind of a Peyton Manning type rookie year. I think he might throw a lot of interceptions, but he's going to have a lot of moments. He had a bad rookie year. I mean, he had a bad rookie year. (laughs) At the time, it wasn't seen as that bad. But I think he's got a chance to come in and he's going to make some plays, but throw a lot of interceptions. And more than anything, I think the way he carries himself and the way he runs the offense is going to be Peyton-like. I think this guy is going to be a coach on the field and they might not be amazing his rookie year, but I think he's going to show some flashes where people step back and say, okay, his touchdown to interception ratio might not be great, but he's definitely better than Sam Darnold and a lot of these other guys that we've come in in their first year. Yeah, he's got the tools. And a big boost for them is that Jonah Williams, the 11th overall pick last year out of Alabama, he missed the entire season. He's going to come in on the O-line, and they're going to have a better that. Yeah, they're going to have a better unit than they did last year. So, he's got a lot around him to do well, and it's it's a lot like the Cleveland situation for me. I don't think that defense is going to be good at all. And Yeah, the defense is still going to be really bad. Yeah, and until Big Ben retires, I think it's two teams running this division and it's just proved me wrong. So, yeah, I'm with you on that. And also, you know, you mentioned the defenses for Pittsburgh and Baltimore are just so good. I mean, Cincinnati and Cleveland can't hang defensively with them. So it's a tough ask. And both these offenses are going to have to be really freaking good to win some games in this division. But I'm excited to see it because the bottom two teams look like they're essentially all offense. And the top two teams are some (laughs) of the best defenses in the league. Yeah, it's going to be a lot of fun to watch. And it'll be fun to see if the Bengals and Browns can steal a couple from the Steelers and Ravens. I sounded so, so cliche saying steal some from the Steelers, but whatever. I don't even catch that, but... Should be a good division to watch this year. 100%. Uh, I don't really have anything else on the division here. Do you have any final thoughts on them? No, this is it's got nothing to do with this division, but it has to do with football. We haven't talked okay. about it yet. Do you think Cam Newton has any fantasy value? Yeah, I think he has some fantasy value. Would I draft him as my starting quarterback? Heck No. Am I even sure he's going to be the starter league. yet? Yeah, in a 2QB league, maybe. But I would, I mean, I draft Cam Newton 10th or 11th round and stash him if he's there, just out of the potential. You know, I'll probably drop him a couple weeks in, in all honesty, but you never know. This could be a completely different Patriots offense than we ever thought we would see. And he might go crazy. You just he's never been know. been healthy, he's been a consistent top 10 quarterback in fantasy. He has been, and granted, it's a different system in Carolina, and I don't know how much New England's going to have him check it down and Tom Brady it, essentially, but I imagine they're going to rework that playbook and open it up a little bit for him. I got more faith in New England to make him effective than anywhere else (laughs) there ever was in Carolina. Yeah, that's fair. I also don't think he's going to have garbage time, which might hurt a little bit because I think they're going to be up in a good amount of games kind of game managing but he's a wait and see for me with a lot of potential so he's worth taking a late round stab one other thought i have for you to close here what do you think about chris jones 
not one, not two, not three, not four, not five. He gave Did a he full say this? on. Oh, he went full on LeBron. Oh, where yes, was he? He has made some waves. It happened either this morning or last night because I've been seeing it everywhere. I don't know who he said it to. I don't know what the context was, but Chris Jones was talking about how Mahomes left some money on the table for him and yeah. texted him, let's get it done. Yeah. And then he said, we're coming back for more ships. Not one, not two, not three, not four, not five. He went full on LeBron, kind of getting ripped for it. Yeah. Let me, let me pull this up. It was Therese Paler who tweeted that um, Chris Jones on Patrick Mahomes role in his extension. When Pat's deal got done, Pat texted me and said, let's get this thing done. I left some on the table. Let's get this thing done. And that's when I had the security that me and the chiefs were going to work something out. If you are a Kansas city chiefs fan, that should get the blood rolling in your body that it gets is my what, blood flowing, and i'm not a chiefs fan that is what you want to hear man i five six super bowls that's crazy to say it's definitely possible this team seems pretty dialed in and hungry i mean you win one you're hungry for another patrick mahomes yeah. ultimate competitor let's go it's gonna be fun to watch we could be looking at the next patriots dynasty Good thing I'm moving there in 12 days. <laughs> Heck yeah. Heck yeah. All right. That is all I have got for episode 70 here. Anything else before we go? No. All right. I'm digging the Snoop Dogg shirt. I like it. It's cool. Thanks. Thanks. All right. We will More be back next videos. week. <laughs> oh, okay. I got you. Got to bring yeah. the fits out. Got to bring mm-hmm. the fits out. All Make right. Fits. you. Oh, hell Yeah. You know the drill. If you like the episode, like the show, leave us that five-star rating, leave a comment, review, check us out on Instagram, Twitter, YouTube channel coming up in the next day. We're going to be posting all of our videos there, Twitter, Instagram. Like I said, they will be everywhere. Check it out. And we will be back next week. Bye-bye. Peace.